0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: Difficult days lay ahead for Christians and other people of faith and goodwill. Many Christians, unfortunately, look to politics for their solutions or for political messiahs. We've talked about that. We've seen the folly of that because there's only one messiah and he's not a politician. He's not a political party. And whether by executive order or legislation, our rights to freedom of conscience, our freedom of worship, are about to be curtailed. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in
1: the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my
0: life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past, you've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing
1: the truth that nothing is impossible with you.
0: Oh, nothing is impossible. Until now, our churches have known little to no real persecution. However, It seems that that is all about to change. The time has come to ask ourselves, are we really ready, willing and able to suffer for the causes of Christ? Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor at Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so happy that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we're continuing with our series covering the pastoral epistles as Pastor Keith continues in the book of 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, please return with us to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of me his prisoner but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling who has raised us up for such a time as this We want we want to serve God but we feel like we're just isolated we're out of step with the culture we're on the outside looking in But God has called you to this holy calling. You see that in 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us, called you to a holy calling. Don't trust your feelings. Cling to the facts. Cling to what is true. You know, we've all memorized Joshua 1, 8, and 9, and at the end of it, it says, be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Remember who you serve. The Great Commission, at the end of the Great Commission, he says, for lo, for remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God saved us to utilize us, to deploy us, to privilege us, to suffer hardship, as we His servants advance the gospel in the kingdom as his human agents, as a means of his grace. And so we are going to be called to bear witness to hardship. You know, we have these folks who go out on Thursday night. Sometimes people aren't very nice to them when they're evangelizing, but they do it anyway because this is what we've been called to do as an act of worship, to bear witness to Christ in the workplace, in the home, in the classroom, on the street. We are not to be ashamed of our privilege as Paul says in verse 8. Do not be ashamed. We are to remember that we serve a Savior who suffered for us and a servant is not above his master nor is a teacher nor is a student above his teacher. This is the God, remember, who spoke the universe into existence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the God who said, let there be light and there was light. This is the God upon whom you can cling to upon whom you can rely in the difficult days ahead. This is the God who sent his son to die in your place. This is the God who puts his spirit in us and enables us to do great things beyond the abilities of our flesh. Remember who you serve. Remember who you serve. You serve God. You are his ambassador. You are his Christian. He has called you. You remember years ago, some of you may, uh, students of history, they had a poster that would say, Uncle Sam wants you, you know. Or some of you in the 70s maybe got a letter that says, greetings, you have been drafted. Okay, same difference here. You have been drafted. You have been raised up. You have been called to serve God. Not fickle men and women, but God. Paul writes this in Ephesians 4.1. Therefore, I therefore are prisoner for the Lord, Urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called because you are the Lord's prisoner, because you are the Lord's servant. Remember who you serve. The first key to remembering how you're going to need to conduct yourself in the days ahead is remembering who you serve. You are a representative of the God most high, of Jesus Christ, of a God who said, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy as a God who calls us to humility and to courage and to service. Speaking of that confidence, uh, this, comes, this brings us to our second key. When times get tough, we stay the course confident in the one who called us. You are to be confident in the one who called you. Remember who you, who you serve. Remember whom you serve. And be confident in the fact that He is a promise-keeping, covenant-keeping, saving God. You see this again in Second uh, Timothy one eight through twelve. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me His prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, not because of our abilities. But because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Your salvation, your place in redemptive history, your little piece of uh, redemptive real estate was given you before the world was. Before the ages began. And that's why Paul says, which is why I suffer as I do which is why he's confident, which is why he can subject himself or allow himself to be subjected to all this hardship and persecution. And he says, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. God has entrusted this ministry at Hillside Church to you. He is going to make you sufficient for it you can bank on that All you have to do is follow his word empowered by the spirit confident in though if he saved you if he made you who were dead in your sins and trespasses alive in Christ he will equip you he will give you the necessary ability to accomplish the task that he has assigned you We are not to be ashamed of the gospel or of the God of that gospel, but be confident in him. We are to be confident in his promises, in his provision, in his wisdom, in his purposes, and in the outcomes. All things really do work together for good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Genesis fifty twenty. even what people mean is evil against us. God intends for good, to bring about a present result, a wonderful result, saving many people. If you are confident in him for your salvation, you should be confident in him day in and day out for your sanctification, which involves bearing witness for him and suffering for him. He is able to get you through the trial. So, you know, we look at it. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, but share in the suffering for the gospel By the power of God. Be confident in this. Be confident in whom you have believed. Convinced that he is able to guard what he has entrusted to your care. Until the day he calls you home or he returns. A lot of times, you know, under a pressure or through ignorance. Or through even spiritual laziness by not reading our Bibles. And not committing God's word to our hearts. We lose sight of of why we're here, of why we exist, of who he is, and why we can trust him. And, you know, we'll trust him for his salvation, but nothing else. That's not the way it works. We sometimes act as if his word isn't sufficient or even sufficiently clear. Or maybe his ways aren't quite perfect and his will isn't quite righteous and holy. But that's not what Paul is saying here. That's not how Paul lived his life. For I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Be confident because you remember that you serve the saving, covenant keeping, promise keeping, rescuing God of the universe. The only God that really is. And because of who he is and how he is, of his nature and his character and his power, be confident in him. Live confidently in the face of hardship. Peter reminds us that we are not to act as if something strange is happening to us when we're persecuted. In first Peter four twelve, he says, Do not be surprised or shocked as if something strange is happening to you in your fiery trials. This is what comes with serving Christ. You don't want to just have a said faith. An articulated uh, mental ascent faith. You want to have a faith. You want to have a heart faith. A faith that began in you and it radiates outwardly. You don't want a said faith. That's a dead faith. Anybody can pray a prayer and claim to be anything. But when the rubber hits the road, that's where you begin to separate the wheat from the tares, the sheep from the goat. So be confident in the God. That you serve. Do not discard him in the face of persecution and throw away the one individual you can be confident in. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 10:34 and 38, 10:35 to 38. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Yet a little while, and the coming one will come. And will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, by trust, by confidence. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. By faith, we survive, we thrive, we go on, we carry on. Because of our faith, because of our confidence in God, in whom we have trusted. Do not be quick to throw it away. Be confident in the one who called you. He is able to live up to his promises and live beyond anything you could imagine. So know who you've believed in and be confident that he's able to enable you to fulfill the calling with which you've been called. Brings us to the third key. When tough times come, sure, remember who you you serve. Two, be confident in him. And three, stay the course, following in the footsteps of faith and in the footsteps of others. God has given us a pattern of life. We have it throughout church history. We have it throughout the first 100 years of the church covered pretty much in Acts. You have it in the epistles. You have it in the book of Revelation. We stand on the shoulders of giants and all we have to do is follow the pattern that they set for us. Follow the blueprint that God has given us Paul alludes to this in 2 Timothy 1, 3, 5, and 13. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. Verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. Verse 13. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Men and women have trod this path before us. They have suffered. They have been marginalized, demonized, dehumanized, canceled. And we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses who have, by the providence and grace of God, shown us how to face hardship in great ways and in small ways, and we are to follow this pattern. Jesus, in his trials, in those kangaroo courts, in those show courts, conf- so, you know, being commanded to confess his falsity, he showed us how to live. You read about it in 1 Peter 2, right? that he was persecuted, but he uttered no threats. He was reviled, but he did not revile in return. But he kept on entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. Jesus served the Father. He was confident in the Father. He conducted himself accordingly. And we are, as the text says in 1 Peter 2, to follow in his steps. And in the steps of those who preceded us, whether it was your grandmother or your mother who brought you up in the faith, whether it was your dad, whether it was a spiritual person, a spiritual mother or father or grandmother, unrelated to you, whether it's a colleague who has shown you how to live out your faith by example, that's what we're to do, to follow in the footsteps of those who have gone before us. We have a sufficient number of examples in life, in church history, In the Word of God. All we have to do, the table has been set for us. We talked before the before the ages began, we just have to run the race set before us, which brings us to Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. We've all read this, but now we're going to be living it in a far different way than we may have ever guessed. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight We just need to follow in his steps, confident in him because he is God. Which brings us to the fourth key. And the fourth key has to do with our engaging in good stewardship, stewardship of the gospel, not compromise, but evangelize. And we find that in Genesis to Revelation. The faithfulness speaks to our fourth key. Stay the course, guarding the treasure entrusted to your care. God has given you a commission, the great commission. You are to take His word, not cultural norms and mores, His word forth. You are to be uncompromising. You are to be cordial. You are to be polite. You are to be humble. You are to be circumspect. But you are to take it forward without apology without being ashamed Paul talks about don't be ashamed about the Lord or me his prisoner and we see in 2nd Timothy one thirteen through 14 these words of counsel about guarding the treasure follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me that Paul has taught Timothy that you have heard from or seen in the word of God in the faith A better translation might be inside the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 14. Follow this pattern by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you, Timothy, to you, Robert, to you, Mark, to you, Martha, to you, whoever you are. Entrusted to you. Guard the deposit. Stay the course. Treasure the treasure. Don't dilute it. Don't try to improve on it. Don't try to make it more acceptable. Don't try to make God more beautiful than he already is. You can't do that. Guard the treasure. When difficult times come, do not compromise. Be as obedient and as faithful as you can according to the word of God which is sufficiently clear. People always try to say, well, it's not clear. It's clear. You may not be studying it hard enough. You may not be applying yourself to it. But if you do, you will understand it sufficiently to guard the treasure, the ministry, the word that has been entrusted to your care. Follow the pattern of sound of the sound words. Guard the deposit entrusted to you. Our connection to Christ, his church, to one another, to one another, Comes with responsibilities and obligations. And God has given you certain talents and abilities and certain gifts. Certain callings. You know, you, we all know the parable of the talents, right? This master gives some of his servants, he gives one talent to one person, two to another to another one, and so on and so on and so forth. And he goes, I'm going on a journey. Take care of this for me. He returns the faithful servants, the faithful slaves have increased. They've invested his, the talents he's given them. They've deployed them. They've applied them. And he says, well done. Enter into your master's rest. But this other servant goes, you know, I knew you were a tough one. So I buried my talent in the sand and here's what you gave me. And he says, take that from him and give it to them. We are not to bury our Christianity In the sand of anonymity, we are not to hide from persecution. We're not to we're not to be unwise, right? We're to be filled by the Spirit. We're to have courage and self-control. We're not to be reckless with our faith, but we're not to be bashful with it either. And so, we are to guard the treasure. We have been called to a holy calling, just like Paul was, just like Timothy was. We have been raised up for such a time as this. And we are to be faithful with the talents and the treasure. We are to guard it, that which has been entrusted to our care. We don't have the luxury of burying it in the sand and ignoring our responsibilities or hiding at home or watching persecution on TV and saying, thank God that isn't me. We are servants of Christ because God has raised us up for such a time as this. Follow the pattern of the sound words which you have heard from me, in the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the deposit entrusted to your care. He says elsewhere in Second Timothy one five and six, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and now I'm sure dwells in you. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, the treasure God has put in you. Through the laying on of my hands, Timothy had been called into ministry. The elders at Ephesus had laid hands on him and affirmed his call. Paul had laid hands on him. And he's telling Timothy then and there, and you and I, here and now, through the pages of Scripture and the years of history, to fan into flame. Don't let your faith grow cold. We're going to be doing Revelation later on. We'll do the letters to the seven churches. You know, there are seven churches, and what does God think of your church, basically? You find out there. But one of the churches had lost its first love, had let its love grow cold. Its love for God grow cold. He's telling Timothy not to do that, to guard the deposit, to keep the faith, to not neglect the gift that God has given you to use in his service. You and I have this treasure, this mission, and we carry it in, in earthen vessels that are fragile and imperfect and can break. But God's word and promises are unbreakable. So we want to care for what we carry around in us we want to cultivate it we want to deploy it we want to preach it we want to share it but never ever ever neglect it and that's why you and I individually collectively as a church must be faithful no matter what the cost
0: And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live.